Song Earthlets. My name is Conrad, alongside my friend Fox. This is the 11th episode of Spin oh, Spinner 2000. No. A podcast where two Run. Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode we're covering 2000 AD for August and September 1984, progs 378 to 382, our one five prog episode of 1984. Also, your heat wave episode because Conrad and I are both experiencing like 30 degree weather, 90% immunity. Immunity? That's like immunity against humidity. Yeah. I'm uncomfortable. Um, at, here in Maryland, though, we all have air conditioning, so it's very nice as opposed to more or less civilized places in the world like and, Europe yeah, or the American Berlin, West Coast. We, we only know what a fan is, and it's called a ventilator. We've got one. In the entire house. Yep. I'm just burning and dying. It's good. Uh, anyhow, this episode, Halo Jones goes shopping, Dread and Mean are on a mission, Johnny Alpha's in trouble, and Ace Garp breaks out. Oh my god. If you want to read... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, go for it. I was going to say, if you want to read along with the comics this month, you'll find what we're covering in Judge Dread the Complete Case Files 8... Strontium Dog SDHC Files 2, Rogue Trooper Tales of New Earth 2, Halo Jones Book 1, and The Complete Ace Trucking Volume 2, as well as The Complete Future Shocks. Sweet. Yeah. Let's just, uh, something about dogs and us talking about them. I really just want to talk about Strontium Dogs. Hey. Uh, Please? Yeah, now is the time. Through one Strontium Dog. God, (laughs) this, uh, it's just so Good corner. Yeah. This is so good. It's true. Script robot Alan Grant and John Wagner is Alan Grant. Art robot Carlos Scare, letting robot Jack Potter. So okay, Fox. At Jock's Landing on the planet Ach. Um, <laughs> um, I love the reasoning for why he's not dead. Yeah, Middenface McNulty comes to after it's revealed that this giant money belt he wears under his kilt was what stopped the Sticks' bullets. <laughs> In fact, about 40,000 reasons why yeah. he didn't die. 40,000 40, bucks in cash was what stopped the bullets, and now he's pissed because he's lost the money. Um, all, I, all I've got to say is that, that I can wear a bandolier with 40,000 in each slot instead of bullets. That's kind of like... Uh, I mean, that's your, that's your hidden bandolier underneath your clothes. You know, it's a money belt. Um, that's so great. Or, or a bobby belt, I believe, as he calls it. Um so, he's also distressed to learn that Johnny has been taken, and we cut to the doghouse where the Stixes bring Johnny Alpha's body to Norman King and get their 400,000 credits. And uh, then apparently add him into a BDSM-style torture. Well, I'd say first he comes to strapped to a clockwork orange chair. Um, which That's fair. Which Norman actually. King, yeah, he reveals that it's a psychological torture device. It makes you think your worst fears and then you experience them, in this case, Johnny, being attacked by imaginary rats. Um, he demands to know why, but King isn't telling him or the tech that's also helping him operate the device. Who he kicks out pretty much yeah. immediately. Well, that's because he does want to tell. So when the tech leaves, King reveals <laughs> or enters the torture room and reveals his identity that he is Johnny's father. No evil guy can, uh, can I guess... Uh, resist letting someone know that I'm not actually that guy that you thought I was. I'm your dad. Nah, listen, it's much more delicious to tell the person that they've been one-upped by their arch nemesis. Um, so Nelson Bunker Creelman explains his recent backstory to Johnny, which we've heard before, is that the Stixes 
you know, freedom. And then he used his remaining political connections to make his assumed identity Norman King, head of the Strong Team Dogs. And now he's going to use those dogs to become the greatest criminal force in the history of humankind. And then I guess just does some extra evil stuff to remind us that he's a bad guy. Yeah. By listening to strontium dogs that are in the bar like, oh, this seems a little outlandish. And like, yeah, I, I guess that's pretty intense. Like, you should just kill Johnny. And he's like, they're bad. Kill yeah. them, sticks. Especially and because I Johnny's, sc- yeah, because jo- he leaves Johnny to be tortured. And apparently his screams can be heard all throughout the doghouse, which is tough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I so- mean, for some, we'll see later that I guess it just doesn't matter. It's, 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 I mean, it's generally tough, but everybody stops noticing it because the ones who complain get assassinated by the Styx brothers, who are now sort of, uh, the sergeant at harms for Norman King's control of the, of the doghouse. So basically, mass culling. Yeah. And so after this, you know, the word goes out find the rebels or be killed. You're either with King or against him. And it just shows a bunch of people jettisoning out of that place. Yeah, like, everybody oh, flying out. We gotta go. <laughs> Next prog, a couple strong team dogs are closing in on the rebels when Wolf and the boys come out from under the sand and capture them. Sort of a rogue trooper style, so, I'd say. Uh, well, exactly, but more awesome because but, yeah. there's a Doberman Pinscher, uh, I guess, mutant, and then yeah. a guy without a nose. Yeah, no nose, That's something or other. All right. I mean, you know, there's a wide range of what makes a mutant a mutant, buddy. You know, sometimes you got a dog head, sometimes you just got no nose. Like, whatever. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, They... Um, they take the guys, take the uh, attacking dogs prisoner and get some information for him, namely that uh, Johnny's been captured and Middenface is dead. It's rough news unle- until at least uh, Middenface himself shows up and Mark Twain's everybody. That's when reports <laughs> of your death have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> wow. Also, just want to shout out to the torso of Newcastle making a really great statement that no one interprets. Yeah, it's tough. during this time frame. Yeah, when a, when a torso makes a witty bon mont and no one's there to see his hand gestures, does it make a sound? <laughs> no, because then people could hear it. That's <laughs> oh, so great. So the rebels make a plan. They'll use a time, tra- a time transmitter to beam themselves straight into the doghouse, free Johnny, and get rid of this Norman King. Um, soon they, you know, they put it into action. They arrive in the dark side of the moon, hit a research oh, lab. I love this. And they start no, beaming no, the doghouse. Because, yeah. because, because they beam into the doghouse and it's like, dude, here's Evans the Fist. Here's yeah. George Moore, alias the Torso. And they're kind of like giving you this shot by shot by shot by shot. Here's who's coming yeah, in. They definitely take a minute. Awesome. Yeah, to to introduce everybody besides uh, Middenface, Evans, and George, who we'll, we'll, we'll all remember mostly from uh, the Mutant War and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's Frinton Fuzz, son of Clacton, Spud Murphy, uh, Noah makes Irish jokes when he's around, Low Blow <laughs> Specialist Big Eddie Little, who's a dwarf, uh, Sideways Smith, who's got kind of a head on, on his shoulder, Vince Scampy, who's like a crab, who's a uh, who's a shrimp man. Like he's actually normal size, but he's got a shrimp head, basically. Um, Don't bite you. Yeah, and Wolf Sternhammer, the only human in the bunch. Hey, why not? And That's it's right. all awesome because you're super excited. Let's fast forward to the Gronk. Well, I want to say first they start their attack as Johnny screams, but then yeah, in the ventilation system, uh, the Gronk finally comes awake. And looks through a nearby air grate to see Johnny Alpha being tortured as it goes. 
Uh, we get a quick like recap of how he came to be there and stuff. The rebels are solid snaking their way in, which is just sort of sneaking and avoiding the uh, view of security cameras and stuff. Video um, game reference noted. Doing my best. They eventually, however, come across some strontium dog, and the, lar- and the alarm goes up. The rebels are on the base! I guess we're going to have to shoot some strontium dogs. That sucks. Yeah, the rebel, they try to sneak through a, a firing range, but Big Eddie gets hit. Uh, no, bite, Big bite. Eddie, I knew you for like five frogs. <laughs> bite Norman King's leg for me. <laughs> so brave. This drives Scampy kill crazy, and he guns down a whole bunch of strontium dogs. The alarm is out. Um, the rebels are marked for death. Meanwhile, the Gronk uses his gross metal-eating tongue Juky. to chew yes. through the grate and free Johnny from his bombs. I, I will say both uh, the torso and the Gronk are these guys who have mouths in their torsos. And in both <laughs> cases, it's kind of gross. Um, it is pretty gross, but you know what's great? Helps what? Helps him chew out. Helps him chew out. That's right. Yeah, definitely. Um so at the command center, King realizes the rebels are going to free Alpha, but they're able to fight back against those sneaky Owens, at least until the Garda catches Spud Murphy. Help my Bob, they've baked him! No! <laughs> but dude, they carry him away. Things seem alright, but oh my god, we're surrounded. How are we going to deal with this? And I, I'm just going to say for everyone, F you, Conrad, for making me stop here because I just want to know what happens. Listen, they're, they're on cornered. Bo- yeah, they're on both sides. They're trapped, but those details won't stop them. There must be some way to save Johnny. Next time, dog ends. Oh my god, <laughs> dude. I just, I'm so bought in to what's going on. Like, just crawling through the doghouse. Are you yeah. with us or are you against us? And I, like, I was kind of hoping for this like dog pile of people to be in, but no, man, they're just trying to make ends meet and yeah. either meeting their own maker or uh, kind of bouncing out in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that like you know these strontium dogs are bounty hunters motivated by money. So if you give them a huge bounty, it's not you it's hard to expect them to sort of turn on um like loyalty or like some or anything like that, you know. Plus like they definitely well, have the taken, system working against them, man. Yeah, and they definitely the haven't thing. taken the steps to clear Johnny's name yet. So it's very much like sort of these old guard guys turning against the strons to sort of help this murderer as opposed to anything else, you know. It's just so good, and how things escalate is so real. Yeah, and it is, uh, yeah. and just kind of making your way through a difficult situation um, without much context seems to be really enjoyable. Yeah, the action's say. real amazing for sure. And uh, speaking of, I guess, low context action, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about Thrill Two: The Ballad of Halo Jones. God, in other words, the thing that I I just I love this comic kind of oh, awesome. is great. Awesome. Yeah, script robot Alan Moore, art robot Ian Gibson, letter robot Steve Potter. So our first story is a consumer protection. So news of the Clara Pandy remains the same as Rodice plans her and Halo's route to go shopping as Brenna lists an incredible amount of stuff they need. I just, mean, <laughs> like things that I didn't even know I wanted. For instance, algae rhythm, or perhaps a drum of Nullsept. Yeah. I mean, it sounds of, very delicious. A lot of crazy stuff, for sure. The ladies are suiting up. Halo asks Ludie if she wants to go, but she says no, apparently, to keep rehearsing. Again, this is suiting up to go grocery shopping. 
I mean, it seems like a pretty major trek, to be fair. Um, That's what I love about what happens. Yeah, they, along with Toby the Robo Dog, head out. And uh, there's just this great, like, super busy scene here. And, oh, sorry, I just want to say that this opening part is really great because it's just, like, you know, these four characters of, like, Rodice planning the trip, Brynna, mm. like, listing what needs to be done, and, like, Halo being worried and Toby being very gruff make it just, like, this um, almost, like, screwball comedy kind of thing where there's just oh. everybody's talking sort of around each other and stuff like that. And it makes it a very, like, chaotic, very active scene that really sets up the rest of this story. I really like we it. Also, we also see Ludi uh, sort of being... Uh, tempered a bit like yeah she's not going to go out yet there is a reference later that makes you question whether or not she actually did yep absolutely um so they head out as they go we get a news report that uh the claire panty is about to be break be oh, broken down and everybody's real news. nervous about this it is gonna fuck yeah. up your day apparently if you're trying to get some groceries well yeah because they make they make cuss you <laughs> Yeah, they make it onto a jammed pedway, and suddenly new new news comes out. Algae Baron Luxroth Chop has uh, bought the Clara Pandy, and it won't be destroyed. But just as the ship's destruction caused a riot last episode, this time it being saved causes another riot. <laughs> well, and and what's great is that uh, they, or rather, she factored in a riot. She was like, well. Figured the right would happen a little later, and it would be right. about the Clara Pandy being, like, destroyed, completely yeah. destroyed. But actually, now it's not, so that's thrown a, a as yeah, it's the, the spanner UK in the works. Spanner in the exactly. works. Exactly. Beautiful, Conrad. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we're, we're trying to get English, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Halo comes to post-Riot, and they're way behind schedule to compensate. Concussed. For, yeah, she fact, got behind yeah. schedule. It's tough, man. To compensate, Rodice has them take a whole bunch of shortcuts through uh, updraft corridors, like Willy Wonka so and the Chocolate awesome. Factory, and then a, and then a a a, 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 a suicide garden, yeah, an exit garden, yeah, where they where people in this sad future go to like painlessly commit suicide. And Rodice is like, "We're going to cut through it. So if anybody asks you why we're leaving, just say that you saw the funny side of it and <laughs> decided not to go." <laughs> <laughs> it's it gets dark and hilarious and then dark and hilarious yeah. like it's again it's an alan moore as done by several progs of alan moore absolutely they, they go down through this massive garbage flow that like people with like uh, uh fish nets. tank nets are like pulling things out of they're they, just trying to get some stuff i guess right. maybe yeah. but but whatever, we're on to the next. We scene. gotta go. There's and then sneak past a couple groups of mean-looking robot guys to finally oh. arrive at the northwest quadrant at a four ninety-five because they got decimal time. But uh, god damn it, I was wearing heels today, and I guess it's cutting great. Yeah, first, well, first of all, they're two minutes late. They arrived at four ninety-nine, and that's a problem because Rodice gets her heel caught in a floor grid, which means they miss the hoop flex. Which is basically, you know, they're on this big, like, circular construction in the ocean, and sometimes, like, big super waves come through, like, regularly, it seems like. And so they have to, uh, like, sort of open up parts of the hoop to allow these big waves to go through. But it's like when a bridge raises, you know, you gotta wait for it to come back exactly. down. So it could take hours. Yeah, because this and we one, don't want to sleep out here. Yeah, it won't be back until 580, which will completely screw up the plan. Um, 
there is a, you know, they, they're behind schedule and they've lost it all. But then Halo has an idea because they can go out outside the hoop and take the magnet tracks on the top and oh. uh, get to the mall in record time. There this were- is a real problem for uh, a woman who, since now, has been hardcore parkour. Yeah. But when it comes to her life, she's lived inside all of her life. So going outside, seeing the upside. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah, their, their worries are over. Terrifying. Except for Except for Zenades, namely the Zenades that Rodice is going to throw if anybody makes her go outside. And I and I will tell you, I did not understand the meaning of Zenades. Well, yeah, that's why they, they actually oh, have our awesome. we have our first big narration box in the next prog, basically explaining what a Zenade is, which is basically a uh, a grenade that brings on a feeling of peace and zen in everybody affected by it which is pretty hilarious actually i mean it definitely makes sense for an anti-personnel weapon it doesn't kill the person it just sort of blisses them out and lets you escape um so seems all right except that oh shit this one isn't working yeah yeah rodice throws one and it's a dud uh, and so she gets real pissed about this, and she starts like g- grabbing them off of the bandolier. On I mean, her shit, dress. she doesn't want to go outside. F you for trying to make me go outside. Yeah. I'm really freaking out. And she's just throwing the duds and aids on her uh, um, on the ground until one is live and goes off with a mighty oh. I mean, hey, she's at peace now, while yeah. everyone else is like, hey, "You all right?" A crazy blissed out Rodice is perfectly willing to go outside with Halo, while Toby makes his own way. Because because saltwater's no good on robot parts, and he'll meet them there. Basically, that's pretty fair. Yeah. yeah. Um. The in the big empty above the hoop, Halo and Rodice board this small kind of like a like a car rail rider thing, and burn tracks to the mall with Rodice coming to midway through and hardcore freaking out, like super duper freaking. Out. I mean, if you are really afraid of open sky, which sounds like a horrible horrible thing to be scared of mm-hmm. uh i guess that would no, be it makes, a nightmare it definitely makes perfect sense it's just also kind of the way they do it's kind of funny i guess ian gibson has a lot of fun oh, showing no, how great. how terrified rudy's is <laughs> I, so, I mean it takes up like half a page yeah. it's great she, uh, they manage to get back into the hoop without much trouble, and the agoraphobic Rodice is happy to be safe back in the hoop, except for the gang members that are threatening to beat them up suddenly, of course. Which apparently are just mall hooligans. I love it. Yeah, they're a hipster gang. They show up and insult oh Halo God. and Rodice's clothing choices. Like, no, the boots are so last year. <laughs> it's really fucking fabulous. Rodice threatens to hold them off with a sput stick, which they also make fun of. Like, no, an oblong weapon. Circular weapons are what's in this year. <laughs> they, get- they actually make a, a note that Zenades are in. And what she's got is not, and yeah. call out the place that she actually bought it, because they're like, oh, clearly you bought it here. So these are shop heads. Yeah. So this, uh, so this sput stick is a spray can that's supposed to make you throw up, I guess. Unfortunately, Rodice triggers it near an air vent, and uh, it sprays back at her, and the gang members just kind of walk off in a huff, disgusted with the lots of you. <laughs> I mean, do you really want to touch someone who's just vomiting randomly? I mean, if I want to beat him up enough, probably. But anyhow, um, <laughs> once she stops puking, Halo gets ready some new clothes, the cheapest oh, available fantastic. stuff. Yeah, it's kind of like a gothic French maid kind of look. It's and, 
It's possibly horrible. It's like, it's very future. And then Toby rejoins them as well. Finally at the mall, it's time to shop. Halo sees like a Dota and thinks about getting it for Ludi. And it's weird because the one that mm. she's looking at has kind of scratches and marks the way that Ludi's does, in fact, which is uh, just uh, disturbing a little bit. Maybe a payoff, maybe not. I guess we'll find out, but mm-hmm. apparently not this episode. Yeah, the gals start to head back as we hear word of General Louis' cannibal's actions on St. Ruth's world, and uh, they go to catch the ring roaster, the ring roadster, I should say, which they miss because it came early, which is BS because buses should either be on time or late, Fox. Early buses is bullshit. I'm going to tell you right now, living in Berlin... Strongly agree, because everything is later canceled. Well, I mean, and that's just the way it is. Like, if you post it on the thing, you can't be, like, early and you just miss it. Like, that's ridiculous. Yes, yes. you wait for the time, or you cancel. That's yep. all I want. Absolutely. So, to wait for the next roadster, the gals have to wait for six hours, hanging out basically at this uh, bus stop with a century lizard man named Sniveling. Uh, well, st- I mean, his name would be Sniveling Earthquake if he gets enough money to buy the second name. Yeah, of course. And then they start to like go to sleep as the darkness closes in for the night. And it seems pretty peaceful, although uh, I will say to everyone out there, please don't sleep at bus stops. That's not a great idea, but yeah, that's fine. I mean, at the very least, you want to kind of have a partner and sleep in shifts at the, at the most. Um, but yep. So we get our first narration here besides the Zen Aid thing as Halo writes to herself aboard the ring roadster that she is on as Rodice and Toby sleep. The, uh, the... Partially talking about how Rodice is slobbering on herself, which I <laughs> madly yeah. respect because you see that when your friends are sleeping. They're just drooling totally. all over themselves. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cool, like, sort of early in the morning, like, the hoop is still waking up. Beggars are going to their posts and stuff. We get a real sense of Halo's, like, dissatisfaction with her life, how much she doesn't like being in the hoop and wants something more. Um, the girls finally arrive back at Brenna's, and as they get there, Toby gets a scent of something and heads off concerned. The pair enters the house and, find Bryn- and finds Brenna's hollow soap skipping and her notes on the floor, like she's always taking notes on sort of old, old, old hollow soap operas and stuff. Um, Halo goes to Brynna's room and finds horror. In quick cuts, we see this ruined ruined room and in the wreckage, what's clearly Brynna's body. To- Toby must have smelled the blood. Next time, when the music's over. Do you know what's really horrible? Is that that is what Rodice says near the end. And yeah. uh, really ups the stakes for this comic. It's yeah. like this... This dog, who already didn't want to go, mm-hmm. wanted to stay. Um, like, that's kind of the payoff that you feel like is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I should have known better, given that it's Alan Moore. Right, um, there's going to be some kind of tragedy. I mean, always when in stores, there's always a tragedy when things oh, come back. Oh, you of know? course, but uh, very rarely do you see, like, the, the wreckage of a room. And I, I guess, in a way, the... The foot of a person, as opposed to the person's body, um, but it's just enough to make yeah, you I mean, kind of realize how intensely horrific it is. Yeah, it's really affecting. It's one of these things where um, I've seen this in like movies too, where this sort of someone walks in on a scene of like of like great violence and tragedy, and instead of showing you the whole, like maybe they'll show you the whole scene for a second. 
and then they'll just focus in on like a couple things because I feel like that's what happens honestly if you've ever yes like maybe not in, in like a like a like a murder but even like when something bad Violence. happens or something you'll you'll Violence. yeah when you come across a scene you'll and you're in shock for it maybe you'll pick up a couple details even like unnecessary details something like you're know, like oh like their shoes untied or something like that um that that will stick with you forever and i feel like this is one of those like an example of that as uh as, as halo and rudy's fine of uh, rena's body and stuff and it's twice now that what you've asked me to read this week has yeah cut so deep conrad i don't know i can't handle it i can't handle this kind of serious awesome greatness but then followed by real tragedy you gotta and have it, these uh, uh these these low lows to also have the high highs buddy that's what i say I, i'm just saying they're taking me real serious with my feedback now it's starting to cut deep i'm you know listen like you know you don't get a halo a reputation like the story of halo jones has without um having some bummers in it you know um it's a real bummer drummer you know, I'm going to – I don't want to talk about, like, what's going to happen in the future, but the, there may be bum, more bummers to come with this Halo Jones as just as an overall story. But anyhow, speaking uh, of lightening things up a little bit, Fox. <laughs> I love you. It's – And very good men. Yeah. Thrill 3, Ace Trucking. Oh, snap. Do you know what I love? Arrows pointing, I guess, upwards because uh, this way up? It's the future, yeah, futuristic prison clothes, man. Script robot John Wagner, Alan Grant, Stevie Grover, art robot Massimo Bellardinelli, lettering robot Steve Potter. Hey, man, it's time for Ace Garp's uh, parole hearing. He definitely, Blam. yeah, he definitely pleads guilty, but then he runs. He busts through the window and escapes. Ten, ten, you jubes. Anyhow, let's talk about Judge Dredd. Thrill three, Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> we really just jumping like that. That's yeah, great. That's how the prog does I, it. <laughs> it's true. And uh, all right, no, I'm I'm, I'm down. Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> uh, script robot John Wagner and Alan Grant is TB Grover. Art robot Ron Smith. Letting robot Tom Frame. So uh, yeah, Judge Dredd and Mean Machine Angel are on the trail of a band of cursed Earth mutant raiders. With I mean, mean f- they're dinking around. Yeah, they're they're looking for info. Means thinking that Dredd is actually his dad, Paw Angel, because of brain surgery. Um, and they're trying to get a quintet of Judge clones back, as well as the treasures of Liberace's tomb. I love that everybody in in kind of this wasteland is also a mutant. Yeah, like, still. absolutely. This is definitely mutant town. Um, the duo rolls into this mutant town looking for lo- looking for answers. I think there's a really hilarious part where they roll into the saloon. The bartender gives Mean some some booze on the house, and Mean like headbutts it and reserves <laughs> to be, and refuses to be served drinks on the house until he decides he gets drinks on the house. And Anyhow, then asks for two drinks on the on house. The house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After a after a pretty funny moment where Dread like tells everybody to play it cool with this whole assumed identity thing and yes I'm Paul Angel like shut up um, and everybody's pretty into it because they don't want to get headbutted or or shot um, oh, that's pretty fair a, uh, a bunch of goat mutants from outside the bar though call out Mean and challenge him for the title of the fastest headbutt in the West I love this they're the Billy Boys get it yep mean do, go- do you get it they're goat you mutants get it? buddy. You know it. Mean goes up to four, and it's time for some crazy ultra headbutt action. Uh, snap, but I guess that one thing that happens, happens. Well, those who would headbutt mean 
deserve what they get or ultimately if you're gonna headbutt the king you best not miss as mean butts two of the challengers to death nearly instantly um he shatters one of their heads like it's porcelain yeah and then the final one mean pounds him into the ground like a freaking tent peg (laughs) just like it's real bad when he's just a little half part of a head deep in the ground um, the problem now is that be- with all this budding, Mead's dial is stuck on four and a half. He's butt crazy. <laughs> oh, man. All he wants to do is, I guess, just butt. Yeah, he all he wants to do is butt. All you do is butt. He uh, he goes on a rampage, bocking the entire town to Flinders until Dredd finally tackles him and sets him back to one. But not before he's butted the water tower. Look out! Which, I mean, cool off, right? Something. Uh, I mean, you know, if you don't drown, Dredd and Mean escape the deluge, but suddenly the brain surgery wears off and Mean sees Dredd for who he is. Luckily, a swift punch to the face reasserts the programming. God (laughs) damn, if a punch to the face shouldn't research programming, I guess. Something. Um, Anyhow, through process of elimination, Mean suggests they go north to the Tulsa wet, to the Tulsa melts. And I think it's a good... This is horrible and awesome totally yeah it's a good there's a good callback where going east is Gila territory they uh mm-hmm. don rad cloaks and head out investigating some circling buzzards and finding one of the incubator droids destroyed and its precious cargo of a judge clone baby dead but uh, conrad mm-hmm. how well oh wait i guess you've got to talk about the weird beehive head guy well i mean well first dread uh, cremates the body of course and they arrive at the melts, where these scavengers are also arriving with their prizes. Sure, the Liberace stuff is nice, but the real money isn't ransoming these judge clones! Oh man, I'm gonna totally, as this weird, slobbery, gross man, yeah, convince everyone not to murder all these guys. Absolutely. But, oh my god, Conrad, how did Kansas, yeah, the Tulsa. most boring of all places... Become a weird melt jungle. Well, I guess uh, before the big atomic war, uh, Tulsa was rebuilt out of uh, like modern plastics, so that when it got nuked, the whole place glass. Mel- yeah, wait, it wait, mel- no. Oh, I thought glass. it was. I thought it was plastic because it all melted like that birthday blimp that we talked nah, about last man, episode. It's glassine. Okay. Uh, uh prolipropylop. Yeah. Okay. Well, one way or another, man, this whole place melted. Um, yeah, it's real gross. Just like a bunch of like uh, like a, uh, a city that's made of a candle, um, and everybody got melted <laughs> into it and stuff. They're all like melt did a melty death. Um, Dread and Mean run down a mutant biker heading out of there, and finally he's carrying a note demanding ten billion credits for the Judge clones. Not um, gonna happen, buddy. Yeah, and Mean takes this new wrinkle in the scheme pretty easily. Um, they continue into the melts, Mean borrowing the dead Mutie's goggles because it's apparently super, like, shiny and bright. And you gotta be careful with getting um, blinded by the uh, offshoots of the melts. They arrive at the mutant base, and a big gunfight starts. All right! Uh, Foss- hey, let's yeah. shoot a bunch of guys, I guess, and, like, light up the place. But, oh, God, if we light up the place, it also starts melting? That's right, yeah. Phosphor shells from the mutants and emergency flares from Dread cause the whole place to start heating up and then melt. It's time for Dread and Mean to mount up and ride into the Fortress of the Melt. Oh, um, God. Dread and Mean attack the mutants in a super awesome color spread. Shout out to me. I, I want to say I, I've been not talking about it, but I love uh, Mean's tricycle or a trike bike, I guess. 
Uh, I'll take trike bike. Sounds yeah, trike way bike. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the light from the melting base blinds the mutants, and a well placed punch by Mean explodes the mutant ammo dump, causing even more damage. In the explosion, they manage to quickly find the treasure, and Mean goes up to four on these mutants. Um, as Dread fights, the melt starts to remelt, and the mutants are buried in a tidal wave of molten hot plastic. Which luckily, starts to melt, meaning tidal wave of plastic. Yeah, which then skeletonizes them instead of robocopping them, luckily enough. <laughs> <laughs> the mutants are taken away as Dread leads the midwife bots to safety, and Mean grabs the Liberace death mask. Midwife Hooray. bots get to safety, yeah, and uh, Dread and Mean are right behind as the whole place approaches melt down. Next time, the final dissolution. What the hell again with you and your shenanigans making me I want to know what happens to that Liberace mask I mean definitely the five babies that are left <laughs> and not the six because one of the four uh, not five because again yeah. oh yeah yeah no because one of those babies he picks those babies up out of the ground like this baby's dead and you see yeah, a dead real baby sad. In yeah, for sure real messed up man definitely I don't want to yeah. see a dead baby well instead we got four live babies and Dred's gonna save them all man because he's a super cop of the future it's real awesome how about five dead nerd live babies? Hey, man, uh, clone shoes never worn. That's what I say. Um, <laughs> and speaking of bad jokes, oh my god, it's non thrills covers a nerve center. Prog three seventy eight. We're trucking lug buddies. Bella oh, Dinelli yeah. drawing the return of Ace Trucking in the nerve center. Thupertharg Thup- tells us to brace for the thrill impact. And letters right. are confused about the setting of Slain and wonder why Tharg is so big-headed, because he's the best, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, you need to ask. Yeah. Proc 379, Rogue is blind and the chips are spread all over in this Robin Smith cover. In the nerve center, Tharg, the Time Lord with a clock and place the Rosette of Sirius, has contest winners and reader profiles, so get hype. Although I don't think we actually see those in our scan copies of these No, I, I don't think so. Yeah, they took it all the ads, which I don't appreciate. I want to see these ads. Um, there's a picture of Ucko Trooper. Letters include Rogue Trooper jokes, questions about when thrills started, and accusations of teachers with thrill suckers infestations. Well, um, all teachers have thrill sucker infestations. I'm sorry to tell you. That's fair. They, we do get winners of the uh, identifying stuff from DR and Quinch's trophy room contest. Oh, uh, yeah. For the G1 board game from Prog 371. Uh, Prog 380, you ain't my paw. Ron Smith draws dread, losing face inside. Oh my God. The nerve center overweight Tharg is pretty stoked about this issue yeah. and its extras. He declares himself the king of the alien editors. There's a picture of a tomahawk-based chopsticks. It's like uh, sticks, but he's like chopping things. I gotcha. Yeah, a mom nominates her son for, Krill- for Krilltro Thargo. There's a mention that the Judge Decker and David the Orangutan episodes of the Dread seem to be out of order, which we talked about, too. And Mm -hmm. a teaser for the stainless steel rat runs for president, which we will see at the end of 84. I'm excited. It's it's a good one. Mid-prog, there's some pretty good fan art, including the mighty Orangutan Tharg, Tharg's future socks, and Tharg Lord of the Apes. There's also an ad for Transformers, which is pretty awesome. Robots in disguise. Do 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 do. Uh, Three eighty one. The uh, creepy dominatrix Creeler attacks Johnny. 
Uh, oh. It's all in his mind. It's a scare cover. And yeah, uh, Fox and I both realized that while we hadn't really it hadn't come to us in, a, in a mentally before, indeed, our respective dads and BDSM group uh, gear is pretty terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I didn't know. Now it's real. Yeah. Why a, did you make that real? Gotta do it. There's a micro-sized nerve center, just an editorial, not even any letters or pictures or anything this time. There's too much thrill power! Um, also, it looks like Scream is merging with Eagle, which is too bad, because I've heard good things about Scream R.I.P. Oh. In 382, it's heavy melt, it's the heavy melt-all issue, as Ron <laughs> Smith draws a dread, mean, and a baby bot, and a baby bot, I should say, escaping the melts. In the nerve center, uh, thar- uh, Starg, which are six Thargs, a.k.a. Tharg the Thaumaturgist, mentions that there will be six thrills this issue. Nice. There's that also- is perfect. Yeah, there's also a picture of a Nema Trooper, um, a bet about a cover artist of 2000 AD, Mom's Thrown Out Old Progs, translations of Scottish to English, and advice that Tharg should raise money by selling Bert. We also see yeah. more more reader profiles this prog, including a nine-year-old, what I think is a married couple, a prog winner from Scotland, and a Goldern Australian. Whoa. Yeah, just uh, crazy guys, but... Toilets flush backwards there, apparently. <laughs> gotta be careful about it. Um, and with that <laughs> said, let's go to Thrill 4 Ace Trucking for <laughs> We're gonna buck, we're gonna spring... We're going to, like, crash and, I guess, maybe prevent someone from dying. Here we go. Yeah, once again, uh, John Wagner, Alan Grant, TV Grover, Art Robot, Basmo Bellinelli, Letting Robot, Steve Potter. So, uh, yeah, after Dread Ace finally lands on that fruit truck, uh, as well as the rest of the team follows him, uh, GBH, Feek the Freak, Chiefy the Pig Rat, who finally has a name, and our new friend, Pirate Dude, Evil Blood, they all escape. I feel like Evil Blood's pretty on the nose, given that he's a uh, homicidal maniac. They're all on the dangle, and I really appreciate, um, and I really appreciate the fact that, like, Ace always calls Evil Blood, like, hey there, bloody buddy. Like, he's just, like, it's pretty good. clearly just, just says, like, hey, Evil Man, like, what's going on? Like, he calls him Evil all the time and stuff. I guess the guy's name's Evil Blood, but still, um... <laughs> Ace convinces Blood to not kill the owner of the fruit cart, and then the boys all hijack a garbage skiff, and they're off. It's uh, car chase time as they drive the garbage truck willy-nilly through the town, arriving at the vehicle pound. In a uh, moment of quiet, Chiefy demands revenge on Ace for their prison terms, but in the end it's okay because he also got them out. And besides, uh, the creepy jeepies have caught up. Let's boil! I mean, we got to get out of here before, I guess, maybe the cops show up. That's right. Well, first, GBH flips the garbage truck onto the cops. and uh, pretty cool. Yeah, buy them time, and the fugitives make it to the Speedo Ghost. After some quick arguments with the ghost, the ship's computer, it's time to blast off. Um, the boys are able, you know, you know, they escape to the, from the space cops and make it just sort of uh, into deep space where they can change into civilian clothes and stuff. <laughs> But uh, they're on the run, and where can they go, you know? And I mean, we can't be truckers anymore, because uh, we'll just get caught again. Yeah, wanted by the cops. Luckily, Evil Blood has a plan. How about you guys all become pirates and come with him to a Port Bucko, the Porto Bucko, the pirate base? Which yeah. is where they 
go? Well, I, I mean, guess it's fine. Yeah, first the crew is reluctant, at least until a blood pulls out his cutlass and a noose threatening to, like, hang them all. At which point, uh, Feek at least is convinced, and he swaps his usual cowboy hat for a bandana. Yar! Hee <laughs> hee! <laughs> um... The ghost arrives at Jack Bucker's Haven, the home of, Port Bu- of Porto Bucco, a massive spaceport hidden inside a hollow asteroid. Evil Blood makes Ace promise not to reveal the location, and Ace agrees with crossed fingers. I um, mean, you know, I mean, you're Ace Garp. You're not always going to keep your promises. That's true. And, man, as they arrive on this base, it seems like after months of future shocks and the relative normality of, of a oh, slain besides the usual warp, um, Bellard nearly goes crazy with all these different pirates. It's real oh, awesome. It's, it's great. And not just crazy with pirates, but crazy with battle damage. Definitely, yeah. Well, there's all these guys we see... That Evil Blood's old number two, Weird Beard, who's got like a head inside of his beard, has taken over Wildlings' That'd be Wildings a pretty away. weird beard. It is pretty weird. Yeah. The two of them, however, quickly settle things with a duel. Uh, Blood takes a gun to this sword fight, as you do. And now he's back in charge. Um, Ace is now Blood's number two. And it's time for a Mac Mac Pirate Party! Hey, man. Do you know what I love? I love Mac Mac. I love parties. And I love food. Do you know what? If you're going to have a weird, hairy, dancing person do all of that stuff. Innocent eh. dancing things, yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on. Um, Seems like it's all right. Yeah, B- uh, Blood introduces Ace to the other pirate leaders. Um, they seem kind of rude. Yeah, because they question Ace's evil bona fides. And while Ace seems pretty tough, they want an example. So uh, take this sword and skewer one of those hairy, innocent dancing things. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do that, but I guess maybe I'll take uh, kind of offense to you saying that I'm not a totally evil dude. Kind of. Yeah. They uh, they recap this and then jump back into Dread. But after they come back um, with that melty action, we return to the pirates peer pressuring Ace to murder straight up after school special when GBH jumps in with a very after-school special solution, which is like, hey, like, Ace doesn't want to kill anybody, and if that's his decision, then he should live his truth. I <laughs> guess I'm just going to punch all of you until you believe it. Yeah, well, th- yeah, this leads to a brawl where GBH handles things quite easily, smashing everybody that gets in his way. Um, Ace actually manages to hold his own, too. He does some sweet sword moves, and, like, completely strips a dude, which is pretty cool. Dude, um, the swish, swish, swish is uh, pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, and Feek wants to join in too, but he just lost his contact lens. He got to find it. You know, that's a serious business. You can't just put <laughs> me into the fray when I can't see, dog. I lost my contact lens, man. I got to find it. It's on the carpet. They're expensive. Anyhow, after uh, after beating up a whole bunch of pi- a couple ships worth of pirates, the Ace crew is declared okay, and the truckers retire to their quarters. At which point, Ace reveals to his buddies the actual truth. He's a deputy of the Galactic Police on official business. But hey, man, I've got some real questions here. Specifically three, not that they were in the Prague or anything. Why is this piggy in prison? Which swine is responsible? And won't anyone try to save her bacon? Find out, I guess, in the next Prague, but find out why here also? Well, like, one thing that, and we haven't really talked about this, but one thing 2080 is really starting to do is have um like previews 
for not just like next week's comic, but actually what's happening later in the comic. Mm. Like there's another one um, this month where it's like mean and dread and means like, Hey, like, what are we up to next, Paul? And uh, Dredd's like, stop, stop loafing around, mean. We got to get to it. And then Judge Dredd starts, you know? Um, mm. This is a similar thing here, I guess, um, as we get a big picture of a princess guard, uh, Gadarnia. <laughs> um, She's beautiful. Yeah. So we, we, we get back to the Prague, and Ace, or in the final Prague, Ace reveals the facts that before the escape, he was brought into the prison office with a, where a pig diplomat explains that a princess, Gadarnia, a pig lady, and first in line for the Hagen throne has been kidnapped by space pirates. But if Ace can rescue her, he'll get a full pardon. Ace agrees, especially if his crew can come with him. And here we are. <laughs> hey, man, if you got to save a princess, you're going to bring your bros. That's right, especially if you're going to get freed from jail. He wants to get his buddies out. Um, so, yeah, all the escaping from prison part was all a ruse to, um, like, build their cover and stuff. Um, and he couldn't tell him because he wanted it to seem genuine or something. Um, That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. There's great side stuff going on in the background as as uh, as uh, Ace tells this story. Like an Ugg bug lays a bunch of eggs and they hatch out of GBH's head Gosh. during the course of the story. Um and during the flashback negotiations, Ace keeps getting smacked upside the head by the uh, by the warden of the prison, and he gets like four like giant cartoon knots rising out of his head. Um, anyhow, this seems like a pretty difficult job, no hee hee for sure. But uh, Gardenia is being held by Bug Bly and his buckos here in Port Bucko, and they definitely hate Ace and his crew after that big fight at the at the banquet. But luckily, so, how are you going to frame a dude? Well, Ace has a plan, as always. Namely, uh, while everybody else is asleep and sleeping off their ma- their Mac Mac hangovers, Ace walks out and writes, "Evil blood's a sissy for true by Bug Bly Swabs." Why has he well, done this? All will be revealed, which is not a great answer. Next time, blood bugged. I I feel like it's uh, it's pretty on the nose exactly why, but also, goddamn, if I don't love. A good ace trucking. Oh my god, man, I'm so happy it's back. Yeah, it's really blasted back and just been a lot of, like, you know, fun, like, ace talking lingo, a decent amount of, like, crazy plots and schemes and stuff. Just some fun ace trucking stuff. It's him getting out of shitty situations uh, in a not boring way. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And speaking of, I guess, as opposed to new and exciting situations, maybe more uh, traditional situations that we've seen a couple times before. Mm. It's Thrill Five Rogue Trooper. Diplomatic. Uh, script robot Jerry Finley Day, art robot Trevor Goring, Steve Dillon and Cam Kennedy, lettering robot Steve Potter, Tom Frame and Bill Nuttall. So it's the final appearance of Trevor Goring, at least for a long time, this show. Um, the story follows Rogue on a regular day, starting at 500. We see Rogue break camp, eat and drink, head out at 539. At 800, he finds and marks a minefield, sneaks across a Nort Fabway, uh, Fabway, and eventually has lunch and dodges Nort, Nort patrols until 490 when he comes across Norts, taking out some body looters by tossing them into a deadly river. Ro- mm-hmm. uh, Rogue takes them down. But is unable to save the looter who writes a T in the sand just before he dies. A reference to the traitor general? Who knows? I, I guess. <laughs> at five, at a fifty hundred, rogue beds down for the night. Was that a clue, or was today just routine? 
I'm just going to say the next place he goes is a place called Trinity, which, I mean, like, if you're going to name someone out, you're going to call them out just using the letter, but then the next place you show up is a place with that same letter. Eh. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so we go in, uh, Steve Dillon takes over on art. I think this is one of his few Rogue Trooper stories, and it's kind of fun. Um, and speaking of routine, it's time for the chip's regular cleaning. But uh-huh. first, Rogue has to blow up a couple Norts just to clear things up. Um, takes them all down, removes the chips, and starts their cleaning process. But suddenly, a bunch of Norts with experimental missiles seize him and fires a Dazzler missile at Rogue. He can't see! Hey, let's try it out. Uh, I can't see. Yeah. Blind Rogue re-slots the chips and tries to fight back. But oh no! Bagman's in the gun, Gunner's in the helmet, and Helm's in the backpack! You screwed it up, Rogue! Oh man, you put us in the wrong places. Why did you do that? Yep. Rogue's blind, and the chips are all messed up. The Norts have recovered Bagman... In the rifle, as Rogue uh, wanders blindly, and the Nords go house to house, torching the place. Though Rogue's able to survive by hiding in some muck. And then goes to fight back. But Helm in the backpack keeps dispensing the wrong stuff. Luckily, uh... Seems to work out. Yeah, Gunner still has telekinesis in the helmet, and he's able to just fly around and odd job a bunch of these Nords that's, of course, employing the use of a deadly hat. (laughs) Seems fine... Why do you have him in the gun if he can fly around in a lethal hat? It definitely seems like turning Gunner into a lethal hat and Helm then taking gun duty would be a better use of these guys just in terms of optimizing all of them for murder. I mean, Hatman has scanners. Yep. You shoot Uh, guys. (laughs) Finally, after after dispensing like 20 things, Helm finally finds the grenade and Rogue does a sweet backflip to take out the attacking Norts. Uh, meanwhile, Bagman manages to shoot the nearby missile tank, and that kills the rest of the Norts as Rogue's vision returns. The chips start bickering, and Rogue tries to sell all this as a learning experience about teamwork. No <laughs> <All> dice! <right. laughs> Reading Rainbow and all that. Yeah, though I do like that for both the, the, these stories, Rogue was on the back cover in color for both parts. No, it was beautiful. In fact, okay. all of the uh, uh, covers... Yeah. Uh, in the back. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate comic it. books and in color. Yeah, I like Steve Dillon's stuff. He's really good, of course. It's um, really beautiful, man. Like, it really does, especially as he's walking into the sunset, Death Valley kind of style. Definitely. So, uh, Cam Kennedy's back in the next, as, as we enter the next zone. Rogue's on the move, but he's come to a no-go zone. He wonders why it's designated that when he comes under long-range fire from some dang dirty Norts and is forced to enter the Death Valley. It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah. These Norts turn out to be Kashars, uh, Nort soldiers cosplaying as Roman centurions. Uh, the guy who missed shooting at Rogue has to fall in a sword and stuff. Um, Rogue enters the valley and finds a vast field of giant cane. He hides among it as the Kashars enter, and Rogue and the Chips remember them as the support force at the Court Zone Massacre, supporting the Kashans. Um, if you want to see Rogue kill the shit out of the Kashans, you'll want to hold on for episode 120, where he does it in the 2080 sci-fi, uh, in the 2080 annual. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it's funny little, like, bit of kismet, because I'm taping these on the same day. But whatever. <gasps> <laughs> oh, I, I, I've exposed the, the business. Behind the scenes, Conrad, <laughs> don't. 
Don't let them know. Anyhow, suddenly the cane comes alive, and weird alien tentacle vines attack both Rogue and the Kashars. Just start touching them real sexy to the point where they die from something. It's getting pretty sporty down there. Suddenly, Rogue and the Kashar Centurion are fighting back-to-back against the killer cane. To survive, we have to team up with our worst enemies. Oh, man, if that... Uh, that's never happened in Rogue Trooper. Nope. Anyhow, uh, Rogue and the Kashars manage to hold off the cane and eventually get to a hover chariot and try to escape. Rogue hover uses... Chariot. Yeah, it's awesome. These guys are cosplayers, man. Um, Rogue uses some Sammy missiles to blast a path, and I want to say for the record that that doesn't make sense because uh, a Sam missile is a surface-to-air missile, and Rogue is shooting these ones surface-to-surface. I am a nerd. Anyhow... You are great. <laughs> Rogue managed to cut, cut a path with the missiles, though, and they escape a little bit, but as they get to the edge of the cane, new stalks emerge from the ground coming after them. Uh, Rogue uses his lachete and gives a cutting of them for Bagman to analyze as the Kashar leader protests a bit too much about the role the Kashars played in the Court Zone Massacre. He says it was those Kashans uh, that did the actual murdering. Don't, um, don't ex- exposition, man. You got, your guys are getting killed by Sugarcane. Drake, Squid Cane. After this, Bagman comes in and says that the Second lack of cane. sugar in Rogue's blood means that the cane isn't really looking for him and he can just walk out and leave these Norton murderers to rot Oh man, is he gonna do it? Probably not. I guess next episode, watch Rogue Trooper not do that. Death stalks New Earth. Yeah, listen, you know, he's probably gonna save these Norts. I mean, what do you think is gonna happen after he saves the Norts, Fox? All of them are going to die for reason. You, you think it might be a betrayal in there after, in, in, in the course of it? <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it's a betrayal, but it's probably a betrayal. <laughs> if it's not it's not New Earth killing them, it's definitely a betrayal killing them, and then Rogue not killing them because of the betrayal, but the betrayal killing them because it was a betrayal. Yep. How dare you? And speaking of creepy planetary wildlife, it's Thrill okay. 6 Future Shocks. The one? <laughs> Just one. Class of 65, a script robot Alan Hebden, the art robot Jesus Rondo, letter robot Tony Jacob. Just a little two and a half page here. Exactly, yeah. Two university professors explain either how the dinosaurs died out or how a nuclear war would go using pretty much the same words to describe it. In the end, it's revealed that the the class about the dinosaurs are regular humans and the ones about uh, the nuclear war are evolved dinosaurs about to be killed and replaced by tiny mammals. Hey, man, how could tiny mammals replace us? Uh, Whatever. That's right. We're cool dinosaur college students Um, and so forth. Anyhow. Oh, my God. Let's go on to our favorite part, man. Well, I just want to say also that everything repeats. Time is a flat circle. Bam, bam, bam. Anyhow. um, (laughs) Yeah, man. So we've reached the end of the episode. Progs 378 to 382, August and September 1984. You know, we skipped all of July last episode. Something that I forgot to mention until the very last minute. Um, But anyhow. Yeah. Uh, So serious question, Fox. What were your top and bottom thrills? Oh, my God. Okay, so let me gush a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, thank you so much, Thrill Lords, for blessing me with five different issues of drugs. <laughs> but uh, let me tell you, man, Dread was amazing. It was really good. 
Mm-hmm. I was engaged the entire time. Nice. Right? Yeah. And Strontium Dog, stronger than Dread. It was just a story that I could not get enough of. And I, I messaged you after I finished it, like, hey, man, F you for finishing on a cliffhanger. I want to know what happens. I'm, like, really into this. Yeah. Well, and then, man, I read Halo Jones. I want to say, for, for the record, you said, um, like, my heart just can't take it. And I think I said, um, like, dude, your heart, like, I know you're just starting out, so your hearts is, have a lot coming for them. Oh um, my or, god! Yeah, these comics have not yet begun to toy with your hearts. Is well, <laughs> and it's and it's a true statement. And then, man, I got to Halo Jones. Yeah. The Ballad of Halo Jones is well crafted, hmm. and not just well crafted, but it's something that I know has more going on. And as I peel back layers, as I cut into this cake. As I slice into this delicious pie, as I uh, bite into the pear that is my happiness. Are you just just trying not to make onion metaphors? Is that what I'm hearing? Or what's going on here? I will neither confirm nor deny that I don't have anything (laughs) outside of layers for onions. Uh, Whatever. Like, this is great. Mm -hmm. The Ballad of Halo Jones is so good. And it's this thing that the that you and I were talking about for a while where uh, we don't see a lot of strong female protagonists. And mm-hmm. this comic book is all differing types of female protagonists, mm-hmm. all um, sort of uh, uh, passing the test, as it were, of like, no one's talking about anything except for like, us doing some shit and then getting into some garbage. It just happens to be that they're just trying to survive in what increasingly seems like the most horrible place to live. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm into it because uh, each one of these people are people that I love to the point where someone who I don't know anything about Brianna, um, Brenna, just yeah. by, uh, Brenna, just by the way of people talk about her, the moment that you see just a foot affected me enough where I had to walk outside and stop reading the comic. Oh, man, that's awesome. Like, I had to just be like, all right, I had to take a little bit of a feelings yeah. break. Like, like <laughs> this comic is setting the stage for something that I need to pay attention to. And it sucks because it's alongside so many things like Acegarp's back, dog. Yeah. Like, Judge Shred is teaming up. With one of the Angel Gang. Totally. And not just that, but Strontium Dog is not Strontium Weak. It's Strontium Strong. <laughs> that's that's where things are all fucked up. And so that gets me, my man, you know my top, but my bottom is bottom. I'm so sorry. It's still Road Trooper. Like, mm. all right, bud. Like, I, I get it. it. You're tired. You're war weary. You're tired of the same old story. Like, man, hang up your helmet. Just take a yeah. take a siesta. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> like like just take a break, man. I'd be tired of betrayals at this point. I would have been on that island with Venus Blue Jeans and just like, all right, let's let's just chill out for a while and we'll see you later. And that would have mm-hmm. been great. Yeah, uh, and it didn't happen. But Conrad, I must ask. Mm. The crowd must know. <laughs> People are wondering what were your top and bottom thrills? Oh wow. Um, I will agree with you. I'm going to say my bottom is Rogue Trooper, buddy. Um, you know, 
the again, I feel like I talk about this. I've talked about this a couple of times. Like for me, the big shocker is this just routine story. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very few comics can afford can like are at a high enough place that they can say this is a boring issue of this comic. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, like you gotta be real. It's like um. All those, it's it's like uh, Dash Decent where they had all those jokes about how this is not oh, a funny comic and it yeah. wasn't a funny comic. And so yeah. the jokes about it being not funny were more just sort of like, yeah, man, like you got to get better, you know, <laughs> with this, like with just routine. It was like, OK, but like, you know, this is sort of pointing out the routine nature of these rogue stories that we've been listening to. Um, Being on the nose and also uh, self-reflective doesn't necessarily uh, necessarily mean um, you that know it's smart. You yeah, know what I mean, it just it it uh, it sort of hurts it a little bit. And um, I will say that I did really like the Steve Dillon story with the chips and stuff. I thought that was very funny, specifically because it did kind of break up the monotony of sort of these rogue trooper stories being the same. Um, oh sure. For top, it's real tough, man. Um, the action in Strontium yes. Dog is real good. Um, and in, and in, uh, in Dread, too. I really like mean, mean going butt crazy, going butt crazy. And then they're sort of ex, then they're sort of, uh, fight through the Tulsa melts. That's really good, too. Um, and yeah, and Ace Trucking is real fun. Um, I feel like we've missed, or I, I guess we've had it with DR and Quinch, too, but it's good to get just sort of more of a straight comedy strip. Yes. Um, back into 2000 AD. I feel like those are valuable. Um, you know, it's good when like Dread and Strontium Dog have some funny moments, but it's also really good to have just sort of something that's straight up humor. Um, Rogues or uh, Ace is going to be real helpful as we sort of get further into this year and we get mm. one or two thrills that are just straight up bummers. So I'm really Ooh. excited about it. That's um, great. Or I'm, I'm glad great. it's here to serve that purpose, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say my top is Halo Jones. I really actually like specifically like, or uh, I, I think it's really cool how this month sort of gave us this five prog section of Halo Jones. Yes. Which yes. starts with them heading out and ends with them coming back. I feel like actually like the experience you're talking about would not have been as good if we had, um. Halfway through shit. Right? Yeah. Like if we had, like if we had ended, say, if we had done four progs this month and ended with Halo and and Rodice going to sleep on the train station at the uh, tra- at the at the bus platform, goddamn agree. Yeah, and then like come back and the first prog being Brenna's death that would have been tough. Um, I mean, I'm still really upset, but yeah, I agree. But the fact that it, that that it builds up to it and we sort of get a chance to sort of see Brenna being kind of motherly and appreciated by um, Halo yes. and Rodice at the start really brings her death home a little bit more in a way that maybe having a, like some time in between the two stories wouldn't. So I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked. About, like I, I didn't really plan it that way uh, to be honest, but I'm glad that it worked out that way for sure. Um, Hashtag solidarity cast. Yeah. So another, another one where we agree, I think I really like, you know, I like Halo Jones. It's a classic. So it's, you know, it's hard not to, but I also want us definitely also call, like this is a real strong month. Oh, I mean, if um, we don't call out the other yeah. three, like, we're not doing our job. Yeah, like like Dread, Ace, and uh, and uh, Strong Team Dog were both also super strong for Absolutely. sure. Yeah, oh, God, it's such. Just read them. 
Yeah. Just read them. Just read all the things. Just read everything. It's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or our podcast site, spacespinner2000.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at Space Spinner 2K. For everything else, just look up Space Spinner 2000. We should be there. And then come back next time as Halo Jones looks for a job, Dread fights a gator, Johnny Alpha settles what? the score, and Rogue dials M for murder. Oh my god. We'll see. Until I'm then. I'm so excited. <laughs> Until then, I'm Conrad Eastbox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. Spunding for Spunding for